Hey, man, imagine you're a team. We'll call you theoretically a baseball team, and you're arguably the biggest brand of American sports, okay? Now, imagine this franchise who, you know, throughout history, a pretty good franchise, but of late, or excuse me, about the last, like, from 20 years to 10 years ago, not much. They pop up out of nowhere, and they have just become your father dominating you in the postseason again and again and again. One of the most iconic moments in postseason baseball history. Jose Altuve's walk-off home run. Now, I know it was cheating, and I don't condone the Astros. However, I'm about to be a huge Houston Astros fan during this World Series run. Absolutely. But, back to the point, all these years of frustration of getting beat, battered, killed, by this one specific team, and then all that can be redeemed. You have Aaron Judge, the quote-unquote home run king, not according to me or any real baseball fans, but he is the post-steroid era home run king. You have Garrett Cole. You, you have paid a ridiculous amount of money, even by your rich standards, and you finally get to play that team again. That team that has dominated you for years. And you lay one of the biggest eggs I've seen in recent memory in postseason history. They completely blew it. They got swept by the Houston Astros. And it makes me so happy. It made me smile from ear to ear in a time where I'm not happy with baseball. When I'm not happy, the Atlanta Braves did not win the National League. And I have to deal with a fan base that has been dormant for the better part of a decade. Because the Philadelphia Phillies can win the World Series. And Josh, there's nothing worse than winning a national championship, or in this case, a World Series. And then that very next year, your bitter rival wins it. That would be like Florida winning it. It sucks. Don't believe me? Go ask Mississippi State college baseball fans. Y'all don't even remember Mississippi State won it. Y'all remember Ole Miss winning it this past year. It sucks. And it better not happen. I don't like the Houston Astros. I do think they are scum for what they did. But what you gonna do, man? I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. The hatred that I have for Florida State and, and college sports is about the hatred I have for the Yankees. Why? They, all this money, all these resources, all the late success, all the good players on their team, and they just continuously lay eggs. I saw uh, there's this one guy on Twitter who did a brilliant job of just defrauding like every Yankee ring except for like two of them. It was like it was like most of them were like before World War Two, before African Americans could play in baseball, before. So, so much other stuff. Then it was like he knocked out a few more. For whatever reason, he basically whittled it down to two. And it was awesome. And Yankees fans, all oh, they hate it. They will shove that 27 rings down your throat. But what have you done for me lately, Yankees? What have you done since I've been alive? <laughs> since I've been. I mean, they won that one in what, 2008, I think they won? One World Nine? Series. Yeah, one. Okay. What have you done in the last decade? Nothing. Big old zilch. You know who <laughs> doesn't have a big old zilch? You know who else is doing really good? And actually doing something? Scattered women's soccer bees. We thought maybe, 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 that that game 
against whoever was a one-off. And I, and I kind of mentioned it a little bit in the last episode. I was like, hey, I think they'll be okay, but this is a serious letdown spot. They got St. Thomas, who's dangerous, coming in. Just got a big win against Weber. And then they have to go face two top ten teams coming up. I said, watch out. St. Thomas could upset SCAD. And boy, did that not happen. And as Summer goes out, scores four more goals. But we're going to get into all that later on in the episode. So, hi, beautiful people of the Sun Conference. My name is Reagan Harrell, and I'm alongside Joshua Blackmore. We are going to recap an incredible weekend of the Sun Conference. We had we were pretty good on our predictions this week, actually. You, sure were. You were three and zero. I think I was pretty. I think I, I don't think I messed up anything along the way. May have had one miscue, but pretty solid all, all the way across. We know ball. We know we know Sun Conference. We know sports. We know sports. We know sports. All right. Uh, before we get into the episode, this episode is brought to you by Believe It Nutrition. Believe It Nutrition, located just off of. So okay, just off of State Road 60 East 20, 27, State Road 60 East, Lake Wells, Florida. Believe It Nutrition's got healthy shakes, energizing drinks, coffee. You can go in there. You can reserve orders. You can call in at 863-949-6593. They're open Monday through Friday, 6.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. And they are also open from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. Go there. Give them a shot. They do an amazing job. You know, they really cater to athletes. And you go in there, say you heard, us on, heard it on the Suncast podcast, and you get 10% off of your order. Okay, before we get into the weekend recap, we're going to go ahead and have a guest of honor on this episode, Berglund Bowder's daughter. 95% sure I said that correctly. We went over it for a couple minutes before we recorded, but we have Berglund on, this captain of the SCAD Bees, an awesome interview with her, like a great story about her time in Iceland, playing for the Iceland U19 and, and U17 national teams, and obviously the form that the SCAD Bees have been on recently. Okay, so without further ado, here is SCAD midfielder Berglund Bowder's daughter. All right, welcome on a very special guest. It is the SCAD Women's Bees. About time we've had one of the bees on. It is their captain all the way from Iceland, Berglund, Bowder's daughter. How we do there? Yeah, that was that was good. Okay, all right, solid. <laughs> uh, Berglund, we're going to get into everything that y'all have done this year. And uh, obviously, international student get to ask about your home country. That's one of my favorite parts uh, about doing doing the interviews. But we just got to talk about real quick the, the weekend y'all had or this overall week y'all had by far the most impressive team this week in the conference I would say this was right up there with I mean I remember St. Thomas going on going on and beating Southeastern that was in football that was incredibly impressive we've seen the the run that you that y'all went on and Kaiser went on earlier in the year with women's soccer and the current run that Kaiser men's soccer is on now but I think these last three games three shutouts against two really good Sun Conference teams. I mean, and then obviously in that summer, we're not doing a vote for, for Sun <laughs> There's no vote. I, I already told her, announced that it, it's over. Like she she won it. I'm not even leaving it up to a vote. But, I mean, what's this role run right now been like for y'all? I mean, it's been amazing. And, like, even, like, the coaches are sitting on the sideline and they're just, like, looking at us and they're like, wow, like, <laughs> if we couldn't be happier. Like, what is going on? But yeah, and with Summer, like she's just been ridiculous. And it's amazing that she could step up, especially after losing Sydney, um, our like main goal scorer. And 
like a very important player from both last year and this year, like scored in every single game. Mm. Um, yeah, just coming in and I mean, she scored nine goals this whole week, like one, one against Warner, four against Weber and then four yesterday, which is amazing. Yeah, I don't I, honestly I was looking back. I've been a soccer fan growing up my entire life. I can't remember at any point watching, playing, uh, spect anything where I can remember a player scoring four goals and then th what two, three days later scoring four yeah, more. Yeah, two days later. Yeah, and it, it's not like these were bad opponents. Y'all weren't exactly playing with all due respect like Flomo or Warner. These mm -hmm. are two teams that will most likely be in the conference tournament. A St. Thomas team who I have been pleading should be an NAI top 25 <laughs> team. And y'all y'all said not. Nah, we're, we yeah, we're all outscored. What was, I think y'all outscored, what, 19 to nothing this week? I mean, just simply mm -hmm. incredible. But, you know, one of the things that have impressed me about SCAD this year is y'all are kind of a younger – Team, y'all did just celebrate y'all senior day. I know that's a very bittersweet moment. Uh, you have a lot of sophomores, uh, a good mix of uh, freshmen now on the roster as well in the starting eleven. But what, what has it been about the bees that have made y'all one of the best teams in the NAI, being such a younger team? Yeah, um, I I feel like I can answer this question in so many ways, but. <laughs> I think like the biggest factor is our team culture. Mm -hmm. Like we have like, I don't know how far I can go, but like one of the best team cultures, like at least in the NAI for sure, I think. And it's definitely one of the best team cultures I've been on and I've been on multiple teams in, in my career, but I think that plays a huge factor in our success and, yeah, it's just it just creates such a good chemistry like between us on the field. And it's kind of crazy that we just still enjoy being with each other. Like we spend every living moment together and we still like love it. Yeah, I mean, love that. Love love to hear. I mean, y'all are a fun team to watch and you could see the team chemistry. Y'all can see when y'all celebrate goals. It's obviously a whole team deal. I, I, I have watched the clip of the buildup that y'all had mm -hmm. against Weber, where y'all had 11 consecutive passes, before, and then it ended in Abby and Summer having this one-two. Oh, and so good. I was looking at clips from St. Thomas game, and also from the Weber game, where y'all are making dummy runs and finding the second person making the run. I'm like, Division One teams don't do this. Wow. Like, it was simply incredible. It, I mean, the last two games that I've watched, and I'm going to go back, I'm going to rewatch the entire SCAD and St. Thomas game because I haven't, uh, I've always seen highlights that have been sent in by these fans, and mm -hmm. it, it, it's simply incredible. And then not not to mention, y'all have a strong back line, and I think Zoe's probably the second or third best keeper in the conference as well. So when y'all finally, when a team finally does break through, y'all are solid. Yeah, no, I think I, I think it's so like what you said about like how we celebrate each goal too. Like we're even winning like. And now, especially since we're getting like our whole team in, we're getting our bench in and it, it just shows how like happy we are for each other every single time. Like someone scores their first college goal we, and it's 9-0 and we still scream on the sideline because we're just so like so happy for that person scoring, like scoring that goal. And so I just think it's like 
huge how we kind of just support each other in every way and just want the best for everyone. Absolutely. We'll, we'll get into a lot more about some of your favorite moments that you've had in Savannah in a little bit. But before SCAD, you did play at a Division One university, University of Idaho. What was it about SCAD, though, when you entered the transfer portal uh, made you want to go to Savannah besides, you know, the weather, obviously. I can't imagine playing in Idaho was uh, warm. No. Um, well, yeah, the weather plays a huge part in that, I would say. Well, coming from Iceland, it was really nice coming somewhere warm. And, yeah, I I mean, Savannah is just a such like such a good city. Yeah. And the weather's good. The beach is, like, 30 minutes away. Um, and it's, like, also – time difference made a huge difference like I think it's seven it's like seven eight hours in Idaho but here it's four five from Iceland okay. so it just in every way it was better for me like people and everything yeah uh like I said earlier I love having on uh, people from outside the U.S. to kind of tell their story and talk about their culture but I guess first is like the weather wise is Iceland like comparable to Idaho or is it like way colder so moving to Idaho wasn't yeah. I would say very it's very similar like by both like how like like the look of like the mountains and and then the weather as well it was very similar yeah I it's kind of what I assume I just wasn't sure if it would be like you know Idaho is obviously cold but if you come from Iceland yeah. it's, it's kind of flip-flopped right it's like Greenland's the one that's all ice and then yeah. ice the one that's green that's what everybody like that's like when I tell people I'm from Iceland they're like well, wait isn't Iceland green and Greenland? I, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I do remember like one or two things from like fourth grade geography. I <laughs> but uh, yeah, one of my personal thing is having on international students to talk about their home country and their culture. So since coming to America, well, what are some of the biggest things like culturally you've seen? And you could also kind of speak on like how the culture is different in Savannah versus Idaho. Mm, okay. I would definitely, like, if I think about America and Iceland, I would think, like, food, like, very, like, different, not, like, maybe I've just made it up in my head, but I just, like, I even go to the grocery store, and I just feel like there's nothing, like, that I want, like, like, from, like, that's similar to home, but um, then also, like, like, since I'm in architecture, the measurement systems are Oh, yeah. and metric it just it has a lot of well I have to measure a lot of things and so it's like very different um and then Savannah and Idaho oh that's a there was a big cultural difference yeah yeah I've been to Savannah and, once love that city I've oh, got gotta come back so. I honestly think it is very European like yeah it's on I think it's unlike I'll, like it's not like any other um American city like it's very unique and I just think it's so like the architecture and everything around it is more close to being like European I feel like yeah it, when I, I went there I think I was like 13 years old but it was very similar feeling it's like this isn't like the kind of yeah. newer flashy kind of version that a lot of like the bigger cities are in America mm -hmm. Savannah is I mean, it's a classic city and it's a lot more chill vibe. You obviously have a lot of good culture in Savannah, dying the river on St. Patrick's Day. Mm -hmm. And that's all I got to go party in Savannah on St. Patrick's <laughs> Day. 
I know it's got to be electric, but uh, the ghost tours and that whole, it's almost like a colonial kind of aspect. Uh, I, I didn't even think about the architecture kind of being like European. So, I mean, that's a very good comparison there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Iceland is known for like its na- nature and scenery. It's definitely a place I, I want to go uh, eventually one day. Where do you recommend like as a random tourist, if there's certain places in Iceland where you're like, I should go, I should go there. Hmm. That's what, that's a really hard question. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's like, there's so many things to do and like to see, but I feel like, you know, how hard it is to like be from a place and then you just have to like, right. Look at it as a tourist more. Um, but there are like, there's so many waterfalls, like volcanoes, mm. glaciers, like blue lagoon. You probably heard of blue lagoon. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it kind of just depends if you come over like winter or summer too, because over winter it's like almost 24 hours of darkness. And then you can see like Northern lights and stuff like that. And yeah, while during summer, it's more, it's like bright the whole time. And I wouldn't say it's hot, but it's definitely warmer. So I guess that makes sense. They're kind of like on top of the world. So even if the world's like spinning, all that. So during like the like summer solstice, it's like, 24 hours of like literally you can see the sun like set or like not set but it like comes right up like it just stays and then comes up it just doesn't go down but i think that that's advantages and disadvantages it's like all right cool i can always go outside and do something mm-hmm. like but at the same time it's like are we are we just going to keep keep this thing on all the time what are we doing here no and in winter it's so rough to like wake up like it's, that would suck. And then if there's no sun in the winter, then it's just going to stay colder. Yeah. How, cold yeah. it, how cold does it get? Mm, it doesn't get that. Like I was talking to my friend on the team, um, Emily, and she is from Minnesota and it gets so much colder there than back home. So I think like North, like North um, of the U S is more cold, but I like, it just gets like a little bit under 32 over winter. Oh, that's not bad at all. No, it's like very stable. Like it doesn't get hot over summer and it doesn't get that cold. So it's like stays very central. All right. You don't have to stop on mess around and move to Iceland if it just stays like that the whole, whole time. <laughs> I went to college in Missouri and we had practice in like 11 degrees. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going back south. I can't, I can't That's be that cold. Way too cold. But you did have the honor of representing Iceland in the U17 and U19 uh, national team levels, even scored in the UEFA Women's U19 Championships. What was that feeling representing your home country on the biggest of stages? I mean, it's always a huge honor to represent your country. And, and I mean, even scoring, it's just, like, amazing feeling. And, like, all the, like, players on the team are, like, were – some of my best friends so it's just like it's huge and it's just such a good experience to have like just always I feel like it was easy for me to get recruited to just knowing I was in the national team how many uh countries did you play in while at Iceland um we I played in I think three or four what were some as well I'm just interested one of my favorite parts about sports in general are European and South American soccer crowds because mm-hmm. I showed the videos to my all my football friends and they're like, oh no, it's probably about like an NFL game. No, 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 no. It, it is and things like the Minnesota Vikings, their skull 
chant mm-hmm. like that's from Iceland. But what were some of like your favorite atmospheres and environments playing in uh, European soccer? Um, it's it was kind of, yeah I don't know it's it's really um it was really cool like we went to Portugal we went to Austria mm. we went to um where else um, Netherlands okay. and um I remember like specifically this one trip when we went to Lisbon I think it was 2016 or 17 and we we got to wear so like we were running through the airport and we had a really short layover in London and we got on the plane but our luggage didn't so all of our practice gear wasn't like didn't come with us oh no yeah so we went like we came to Lisbon and we just didn't have any practice gear but obviously wanted to practice before the game the next day so the Portuguese national team gave us their like uniforms to um, practice in and so when we came to the like practice area that we were practicing on we just were wearing the Portuguese uniform and the team that was playing before us was um, the Portuguese men team so like Ronaldo and all of them so when we are coming in the bus they are like walking from the practice area and just like going into the locker rooms while we're going to play on the same field as them so it's I mean, that's yeah. a, I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo is one of the arguably the greatest soccer player of all time. I, I think Messi's better. I think Messi's the GOAT. <laughs> I just me personally, but there's no denying his greatness. I mean, just being able to say, hey, I stepped on field moments after the mm-hmm. five time, six time Ballon d'Or winner. No, I, it was unreal. Oh, that, that's incredible. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm getting chills just thinking about that. Like being that close, being around Cristiano. That's, <laughs> So I'd be like, you're good. You ain't messy, but you're good, man. <laughs> you're pretty good. Uh, I do love a good underdog story in sports. And one of my favorite sports moments was in 2016 in the Euros when Iceland made their quarterfinal run. They included beating England in the round of 16. Uh, a lot of football fans in America know the Vikings skull chant that did originate with the Icelandic men's team. I do believe I mean, that's where it at least was made popular. Uh, what was the country's like overall vibe and just, you know, having so much pride and everything during that Euros run? Yeah, like I remember it so vividly because I, I went to I went to Paris, like I went to France that year to Paris to the Austria game. Mm. Um, so that, that game was before the England game. So they won Austria and therefore got to play um, England. And like, we're such a small country, like we are 350,000 that live there. And we, the atmosphere up around like soccer is just unreal. Like we probably like 50% of the country was at the stadium. And it's just so like, like we love soccer. It's crazy. Is that y'all's like number one sport in Iceland? Oh, 100%. Like everybody, like... There's no no other like sport that would even get close to. Well, that's that's interesting. Really interesting because even if you look kind of in your your other European like the main uh, country, you have you know F one racing or rugby, uh, tennis, something. But that's really interesting hearing. It's like pretty much just soccer is the main sport in Iceland. Yeah, and I mean, if you like, like we shouldn't like thinking about it we shouldn't be winning a country that like like england i don't know how many people live in england 
but more like, than 300 something thousand yeah and like they should be able to get i feel like more people that are that talent but we just put so much effort into training and like like coaching and like there's so much put into it that i think that's why we got this far and i like love that we loved england to, no that like, i love that we <laughs> won england because um my friend Phoebe on the team is from England and every time she tries to like say anything to me about Iceland that like I just say well we beat you in 2016 so yeah I cannot wait I think it's mid to late November I can't remember the exact date but I'm gonna say it's November 26 shot in the dark pretty sure that's right but that's when the United States plays England in the World Cup oh and the day that that happens I feel I can feel games happen in my bones. Like, I know it's going to happen. I can feel it in my bones. The United States will beat England, knock them out of the World Cup. They will not qualify. And from that day forward, it's called soccer. It is soccer. It is not football. Oh, no, no, no. It is soccer. Is it? Wait, are you talking about men's or women's? Men's in the World Cup. Yeah. There's actually an Icelandic player in the men's U.S. team. Really? I did not know. Did Iceland qualify? No, they're not as good now as they were in 2016. We'll always have 20. We'll always have 2016. We're always well. That's we'll always use that like 2016. Like that run though, it can. So I'm in a similar thing with a couple of my sports teams who stress me out too much. But like the Atlanta Braves baseball team, they got eliminated from the playoffs, but they won the World Series last year. It's like that World Series championship. That's actually what that's that right there. Those are like tickets. (laughs) the world series i got other like i got a pennant hanging there and a flag hanging over there but um like that championship win will hold me for about five years like the braves don't win a championship for the next five years i'll be okay but within the next couple years i said that and when they got eliminated i was just sad i was very yeah it was was a real double whammy when when (laughs) happened because we weber lost to abe in heartbreaking fashion and not 30 minutes later, the Braves get eliminated. I'm like, all right, today ain't my day. Today's just not my day. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's how, like, like my cousin was on the team that year, 2016. Really? Yeah. And he um, he plays in Germany and now in Denmark. But it just, like, it was such a, like, good, like, all my family came because we just got tickets from my cousin and and watched the game. So it's something we will always, like, sit how loud did the stadium get? And like, was everybody in unison with the skull chant? Yeah, it was really loud. And we still do it. Like we do it every game. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all should do it. Well, next time you score a goal, that should be y'all celebration. Y'all just be my celebration. Yeah. And just yeah. skull. That'd be that's like, one. that's like summer with um, doing the C Ronaldo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She, she has been playing like Ronaldo, so. Yeah, so she can do it. Very fair. Um, so let's, let's switch back to speaking of a couple of your SCAD teammates and go back to SCAD. Uh, what are some of your favorite, favorite moments you've had playing for the Beast? Um, favorite moments? I um, I would say just like all the trips. Like we, we've been on multiple trips and like our coaches put a lot of effort into like making them like – something we'll remember like we went on we went on a trip on a trip to Tennessee in this preseason and we went whitewater rafting mm. and it was just so good like 
it was amazing we went on a bus for like 20 minutes with random people and we just were like screaming stinging in the bus like our whole team and then just everybody else on the bus as well it was just such a fun experience i bet i mean it's uh, doing stuff like that I mean we that's why y'all have such a good connection I mean yeah it obviously it takes hours in the weight room and train and training together to build that chemistry but doing stuff like that going white water rafting in Tennessee getting to go out in a town like Savannah that uh yeah you could all go and go on the ghost tours or do this or that whatever I remember one thing that they had like there's like candy shops in Savannah oh yeah they have multiple yeah, that's really sick. That, that <laughs> I have a sweet tooth, and that I was like, that's fun. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that that's awesome. Uh, you know, hearing that, it's just like once again, it's like w- what makes a great team. I mean, right there, uh, y'all are able to go and do stuff like that. Uh, SCAD is a little bit different though than most schools because it's kind of more specifically for the art and design aspect. I mean, it's in the name Savannah College Art and Design. What what is it uh, or what has like helped you in at, at SCAD? What has helped you become a better architecture? Um, I would definitely like SCAD has an amazing program, and it's of course like it's the number one art art and design school in the nation. So I think there's no like there's no like it's just it's amazing. The professors are amazing. That like environment you're in and just they're always ready to help you and like they have a rate of 99% like you get a job like 99% of people get jobs after going to SCAD and I'm just I'm just very I think I'm very lucky to have gotten to be here and do architecture and yeah it's really good. That's awesome. Is there like a specific like route in architecture that you want to do or you just kind of in general like architecture right now? Yeah, kind of general, just architecture right now. Um, I this summer I worked for a firm in Iceland, and that kind of like got me like, like where I'm like what I want to do, and I think I just I like the like commer- but both commercial and residential part of it. So I'm just gonna keep it open until awesome. later on. Awesome, love that. And it's, you know, some you hear so many people go into a college and they get a degree that they don't like and ends up not helping them it's just kind of a waste of time while also be, being an athlete sounds like that's not the case you know if you go to SCAD there's probably a really good reason for it and you definitely have yours so my last question for you Berglund is what is it about SCAD in the city of Savannah that makes it so special to you um I would say the people for sure they make they make the place what it is and um, I've just been able to make so many good connections and relationship just with people on team, people in school. And it's like something I'll forever have, like from all around the world. Yeah, it's awesome. And that, that, that last part is an awesome or a big thing that I've loved about covering this conference is you. Yes, you're building relationships with certain people, but like you like you said, you got teammate from England, teammate from Minnesota, you're from Iceland. I mean, all these spots all over the world now, y'all are all connected uh, together in beautiful Savannah, Georgia. I mean, it truly is an awesome thing. Uh, Berglund, thank you so much for coming on. Go Bees. Uh, y'all are – I was ta- talking to Josh uh, off camera the other day, and I was like, you know, man, I love my Weber teams. Obviously do. 
I try to stay unbiased, but I got to say, I think the Scatter Women's Soccer Bees, they're, they're pretty high up in my, in my, my personal favorites. Uh, I try to stay unbiased with coverage, but I got to say, y'all are awesome. Uh, I can't thank y'all enough for how much y'all have you know, supported Suncast from the very beginning. You know, most of these other schools have seen it a little bit in the spring and over the summer, you know, baseball and whatnot. But I mean, y'all don't, y'all don't really have a whole lot in the spring when I started and it was immediate. Y'all accepted it, took off with it. Um, and it just, uh, hey, y'all are awesome. Love the beast. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And I mean, we, we are your biggest fans. So absolutely. Yeah. We'll stick, we'll stick with you. Awesome. And I cannot wait. Seven o'clock, Lakeland, Florida. Y'all take on Southeastern. It will, it better be a top 10 matchup or I'm, on, I'm, I'm driving to Kansas city. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're going to have to answer, answer for that one, but a incredible, incredible form y'all are in. Cannot wait for that game. Bergen, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. All right, we're going to go ahead and kick it back to Josh and myself. Got a little weekend pre or we, excuse me, weekend recap action. Josh, you want to get started with football? Absolutely. All right, let's get it going. Everything we anticipated, really. I Pretty mean, good. we saw. There we were no s- sneakers. Not at all. I mean, we we both agreed that all three results were going to happen. I think there was one. only there was only one that we thought, okay, maybe it could go another way. But I knew Weber wasn't gonna let it happen. Was the okay? Which one surprised you a little bit more? I guess I guess the only one that really stood out to me. I'm, I mean, even was though this team lost, Ave Maria played. They did good. play good. They did, I told you they would play hard. But Southeastern is just letting that. Down. That's the one I was wanting you to get started with, and I wanted to hear what your thoughts were on that game because I looked over across looked across the room. Uh, it was Co- myself, Cody, uh, Jake, and Logan. Shout Logan, his first college touchdown and fish was also there and i was like i think this will be a close game i think kaiser closed like 24 21 something like that Nah. so josh take it away i mean southeastern like we we mentioned came off is coming off that brutal loss to to weber first time in several years so you know you figure after a a, i wouldn't say heartbreaking but kind of like a gut-wrenching loss like that on your home turf, and you get to redeem yourself on your home turf again against a team that, if you can win this game, it's going to shake everything up. And I mean everything, I mean everything. And it was kind of back and forth, you know, at the beginning. You know, at halftime it was 14-10 Southeastern. Then through three quarters it was 14-13 Southeastern. And the next thing you know, Kaiser just dropped an absolute bomb on victory field. Well, 27 unanswered points. In the it was quarter. pretty much I had that scoop and score, and then it was just a roll. It was done. I mean, it was kind of similar to the Weber game, just the gut, the, the gut punch didn't come in the first quarter. It came in the third quarter, but Southeastern got hit in the face again, and they didn't really get back up from it. I mean, Kaiser just ran wild. Yeah. two. I believe it's two 100-yard rushers, if I'm not mistaken. Um, nope. No, I'm sorry. We had one run for 200 and one run for 80, combining <laughs> for five touchdowns. So mm, about 300 rushing yards and five rushing touchdowns. Which is does that kind of surprise you? Because you looked at the look at the Weber game, and Weber they ran the ball, but it was mostly the receivers and Cody Braden. So now we've seen what we thought was a defense that was elite. Uh, I'll let you kind of do that kind of discussion. But like, what what are your thoughts before the Weber game to now on the Southeastern defense? I think 
going into it, I think they obviously had an idea of who runs the ball for Kaiser. Mm-hmm. Marcus Burgess is national, nationally known for you know his ability. So going into that game, I'm sure they were attempting to stop the run, but it it seemed like it didn't really matter what they attempted. I mean, they could. Why would you focus on on the air attack whenever you have a guy like that and you know that that's what Kaiser tries to do is run the football and punch you in the mouth? I mean, it seems like that they just completely failed on that effort because I mean, like I said, 300 yards on the ground and five t- rushing touchdowns. It doesn't. It either seems like they had the wrong game plan, or Kaiser's offensive line was just way too much for for Southeastern. Um, but I mean, on the other side of it, Southeastern. Um, they still, I mean, they played well on offense. I mean, yeah, Kalen Wiggins, they moved the ball, two hundred thirty-seven yards and two touchdowns, no turnovers. I mean, they had an eighty-two yard rusher on twelve carries. Um, I mean, they they moved the ball, but they it just seemed like um, they, it, they it just could, seemed I mean, like they couldn't punch it in in the red zone. They did struggle some in the red zone. I mean, yeah. the big one obviously being the fumble by Kalen and then the scoop and score from Kaiser, and then it was, you know, Velociraptor ride all the way down, buddy. It was, I mean, there's Burgess and Mezinger, Burgess, Mezinger, just back and forth, yeah. just ground and pound, ground yeah. and pound. Um, but, I mean, big win for Kaiser, staying strong at that number one spot in, in the conference. Southeastern looked to have just, you know, ruined their chances at a Sun Conference championship. I believe they did just punch their ticket to not be able to do that. Yeah, Unless Kaiser somehow loses a game to – they would need to lose two at this point, and I think and Weber would, would have to lose two more. Weber would have to lose. Kaiser has to play. Kaiser has to play Ave. Yeah, Kaiser has. Kaiser to plays Ave, Ave and Weber. And Weber, Weber has St. Thomas and Kaiser, which is tough. Oh, also, the Weber Warner game has been rescheduled for November nineteenth, assuming Weber does not make the playoffs. Now, if Weber makes playoffs, I don't think that game gets played. So it's not necessary, even though it's a conference game. No, I mean it, that doesn't really make sense. I'm not sure. I'm not really hear sure. Hear me out, how though. Hear me out, though. Say Kaiser and you are tied, like you both have one loss. They have one more win than you, so they would be the champs. But you didn't play that Warner game. No. So how does that work? It, well, if we had one loss and they had one loss, that one loss would have to be to us. Right. Fair enough. So Weber would have. You're right. Okay. There you go. Head that would only this would only come into play if there's a three way tie with. I, I believe Thomas. it could be something like that. Now we could also be in a situation where we make the playoffs and have to do it, which is not ideal considering everybody in the that makes the playoffs gets that week break. That would be tough, uh, you know, especially assuming whoever wins the Sun Conference will likely be on the road, and that's likely you know according to NAI football and the way the polls are looking, probably only sending the conference champ this year. And it could be a three-way tie. It could really make things interesting. Absolutely. So, differential I mean, you're there. controlling your own destiny at this point. You play the two teams that are ahead of you. Yeah, exactly. Weber controls their own destiny. Uh, Kaiser controls their own destiny. I believe Ave. Yeah, Ave does too. I mean, we could mess around and have a very well could have a situation where Ave loses to Kaiser. Well, no, that's irrelevant because they just lost to St. Thomas. They would have to beat Kaiser. Kaiser yeah, they would have to beat Kaiser. Kaiser would have to beat you, and then you would have you would have to beat St. Thomas. Yeah, for Ave, that's right. For Ave to win, they need Weber to beat St. Thomas. Kaiser, they, then they beat, Ave would have to beat Kaiser, and then you would have to beat Kaiser also. 
So you guys would both have one conference loss, and they would what? go ahead because they beat you. Oh, they would need St. Thomas to beat – or excuse me, Southeastern to beat St. Thomas later in the year. Right. This isn't confusing at all, I'm sure. Everybody's like draw. It's like the uh, Always Sunny uh, in Philadelphia meme. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Connected. know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. All right. But uh, moving forward, um, St. Thomas and Ave in an old-fashioned old, shootout. Good old Big, big 12. I mean, this was just – I'm going to score, you're going to score, and, and uh, make a stop. <laughs> is Ron Tivius Farmer ever going to stop? No, I or mean, she's just gonna keep running wild. No, I, don't, I mean another I, dang near 200 yard game on Sun, 26 carries and a touchdown. And Bobcat Nation showed off for him in the Suncast polls. He was Suncast Player of the Game for. And they also had another 100 yard rusher, Damian Heller, 21 of 116 and, a, and two touchdowns. So they combined for over 300 yards of rushing yards. Tyler Thomas, 11 of 20, 176 and a touchdown. Did what he had to do. Backup quarterback, four of four. 99 yards and two touchdowns. Um, I mean, the quarterback from Ave, I mean, he was 22 of 47, 245, and three touchdowns. I mean, he threw the heck out of it. Yeah, no, Ave didn't, the play, heck out of didn't it. play bad at all, especially on offense. I was, I won't say I was super surprised, but I was a little surprised to see that Ave defense give up as many yards and points as they did. But I think that is a little bit just more accredited to St. Thomas's offense. Like yeah. that O line. I really think we could we really could have put just St. Thomas O-line up for player of the week this week. We may have to do that going forward if something like if, that happens again. If if they have another like another like rushers like that, and I mean Tate Farmer, he's already got two Suncast player of the weeks. So I don't think he'd mind sharing one with the big boys up front. So saw that he gave all them a, a shout out. So that was awesome for him. Um, whoa, we actually have a little bit of breaking NFL news. The New York Jets have just acquired James Robinson. From the Jags. Mm. That's interesting. It is interesting. They're six and one. Both New York teams are six and one. No, nah, the Jets are five and two. They're six and one. They're five and two. Did they lose this weekend? No, they're five and two. Let's check. All right. Um, so moving but, on, yeah, on to the next game. Last but not least, yeah. Weber and Florida Memorial. Weber thirty one, Florida Memorial fourteen. I was at this game for probably about half a quarter, but it happened to be the quarter that was game-changing in this game. Uh, Weber jumped out early, 17 nothing at the break. Um, shortly after halftime, Florida Memorial took it straight down the field for a touchdown. After a three and out, um, I, I believe Cody had missed a wide-open receiver or like a guy that guy open, this missed pass. Next thing you know, Flomo goes right down the field and scores once again. So now we're talking about a three-point game with plenty of – Playing a ball game. Third quarter, yeah. And I believe that Weber then punts again, and Flomo has a fourth and one at the Weber 30, Weber 40. Uh, yeah, and Weber, midfield, yeah, yeah, and Weber gets a huge stop. And next thing you know, it's 24-14 Weber. And then I believe they intercept Antoine Williams um, and throw a touchdown to um, Logan. Yeah, believe. that was that, – if you haven't seen that – I touchdown. Have, no, I was just making oh, yeah, sure I was, I was talking, which I was one talking was before. Yeah, I was talking to them. If you have not seen that, go to the Suncast in Reels and go go down a couple and look at that. D- dropped it in the bucket. And look, that guy c- covering Logan was a good five, six inches taller than him. Uh, he towered over him. And Logan just, hink, did not matter. But, yeah, I mean, it was an incredible performance from Weber. What impressed me the most about us that that Saturday there have been times in the past where the Weber football program has been punched in the mouth, lose momentum, and then go on to lose the game. 
And I genuinely had some slight deja vu when I was watching that third quarter. I was like, there's no way. There's no way they're going to let this happen on alumni weekend, homecoming weekend. There's no way with a seven, they're going to blow a 17-point lead. And guess, guess who didn't let it happen? Cody Braden didn't nope. let it happen. 16 of 22, 214, and two touchdowns. Back on his... His I mean, back on his game. I mean, it's it's bad. It's what's he's take, been at all. Take year. that game against Avi out of the picture, and he's having an incredible, all American incredible season. Really. I mean, sixteen for twenty two. What two hundred fifty total yards? A yeah, I mean, yeah, thirty eight yards on the ground. Um, and I mean, he he played great. Um, kind of like a running back by committee. Ran a bunch of guys. Bright had a touchdown. Weems had fifty yards. Both had fifty-five yards. Yeah, but it's going back to what um, I was talking about earlier. What impressed me with us was okay. Yeah, we get out seventeen nothing halftime. Awesome. Then they come out and give us the best shot they got. Boom, boom, touchdown, touchdown. All the momentum is with them. We're down three. What are we going to do? And we respond right back. Two touchdowns. Boom, boom, right back. Defense holds them up. Special teams did their thing. Shout out Riley Robbins. Made made a field goal after a rough week against Ave. Him and Cody, both guys who weren't really proud about their performances against Ave. And then how do we respond? A great week of practice, great, great a great week of preparation. And we go out there and get the dub, baby. That's all you can ask for. Now you got a another big non-conference game that can boost the team morale, confidence, you know, everybody get back involved and get hopefully take care of business on, what is it, the second to last home game of the year? Second to last, yeah, man. It's and then going into an and then two really, really important games that yep. determine the fate of their season. But I wanted to give a shout-out to a couple uh, Weber defenders. I mean, Devonta Harris, seven tackles, flying around. Moose, six tackles. Jeremy Moose, six tackles. Sorry, I got him on nickname basis. Moose. But um, <laughs> six tackles for him. And um, Takari Plummer and the five tackles. I mean, those – those were a hard five tackles too, man. He he was a little banged up during the game. Shout out T going out of there and put put it all on the line for the Warriors Saturday. And again, I know it seems like I've been doing this every single week, but I mean, Reagan Harrell is just he's just helping his team every time he gets on that field. And five punts for two hundred six yards, forty one yards average, fifty one long, four inside the twenty one. I believe was at the five, at three. The one. Was it at the one? Okay, the one, yeah. at the one. One one fifty plus yard punt, like I mentioned, fifty one yards. One touchback, but could have been yeah. could have been down. I think there was just a little bit of a mishap there. Yeah, we kind of um, stopped running. We're going. We're, that's when we'll be watching the film more. But other but I than mean, that, I mean, all the punt in all, team, I mean, punt team really did an amazing job. Uh, shout out Jeter, excellent gunner for us, getting down there, downing him inside the five for me all year. Long snapper Trey Bright. Been my guy, man. Uh, Jake Moss has been also a long snapper. He did a great job for us. Uh, and then the entire back wall, Garcia, Cade, and Brennan. I mean, they, they are my lead blockers. They help with that rugby-style playing, being able to roll out. Um, and, yeah, also watch film. If you know, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, all in all, three for three on predictions. It's coming down coming down to the wire in some conference football. Everybody's can't wait to two or three left. Can't wait to see – um, how this thing shapes out at the end. Um, and shout out my Warriors. Hey, go Warriors, man. Um, <laughs> so, there's one more thing I, I wanted to add on to that game. This is a conference and a league in general based off of, based off of sportsmanship and playing the game the right way. And I'll leave it at that. 
Um, I, yeah, that's all. That's all I gotta say. Okay, never mind. All right, moving on uh, to men's soccer. Uh, Ave Maria, the 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 wheels have fallen off the wagon. Coastal, excuse me. Uh, uh, Southeastern Fire just absolutely dominate them in Lakeland. I mean, you can almost count on it. You're, when you go into Southeastern, you're not going to be able to score for whatever reason. This was also the case for Ave Maria, Venatolo, Funk, Morrissey, Mara, Cruz, and Nekoloff were the goal scorers for the fire. No shots on goals were even registered. Just really showing again, you got Moses and uh, Lucas in the back line. JJ was in goal for the fire against Ave Maria. They do a solid job. 6-0 winners. And a, a very interesting game as we're looking into the standings and uh, Florida Memorial could have really used a win over Thomas. They did not get that. They got the draw. Thomas scored a little bit later after Cicciato for Florida Memorial got the scoring started off early and then Stanley Hooker finished it off for Thomas in a 1-1 draw down in South Beach. And then the two hottest teams in the in the conference for sure, just about in the country, continue to do what they normally do. St. Thomas blinks Scad 5-0. Arenzo scored twice. Casiabo also scored along with Suarez. And Vicendo Citiera also, Citerina, my apologies, uh, also scored for the Bobcats, and he was also the Suncast Player of the Week. And then we have a conference champion. We have first conference champion officially uh, this kind of uh, season that we've been covering, and it's the Kaiser Men's Soccer Seahawks. The defending national champions are flying high. I believe seven shutouts in their last eight matchups. They're playing incredible ball, and I cannot wait for this little gauntlet what we're about to see coming up where they will be taking on St. Thomas very soon and it's going to be a game. Now I will I will probably I'll probably assume Kaiser will rest some starters considering they've already locked up the number one overall seed but you know the main storylines coming down um, you're going to have Southeastern and Weber playing very shortly as them and Thomas are fighting for that third overall spot in the conference tournament and the difference between being three or four versus five, if Thomas is four and Weber is five, Weber has to drive all the way up to Thomasville, Georgia. Other way around, Thomasville has to drive all the way to Babson Park. So a lot of interesting things heading into the seating there. And then in the, that sixth spot, it looks like Ave Maria is all but done. Uh, they will not be making tournaments. So it will come down to Florida Memorial and Warner. They'll face each other on the head-to-head here very shortly. And just straight up, I do think uh, Florida Memorial has a slight advantage. Throw the record books out. Uh, I know that they are one and eight or something like that, but I do think they are a better team than Warner. But head over to women's soccer. We'll just stick with Flomo and Warner. Uh, Flomo drops to 0-9 on the year. They lose 9-0 to Warner. Uh, pretty much expected there. Look, we've talked about this Flomo soccer team. Not a lot there, unfortunately. Warner goes and they get the three points that they need. Weber also beat Flomo uh, today, actually, 7-1. Seven, seven to one. Shout out the girls there to get some momentum back after having to face those SCAD Bs, who we will get into here shortly. Uh, the Thomas Nighthawks get a 3-1 win over Ave Maria. They are kind of like their men's team. They are sitting 
pre pretty well. They're going. They're most likely going to make the tournament, and they're in kind of the same situation whether or not that spot will be in the top three or if they'll have to be a four or five or six seed. I do think they have a very good situation ahead of them, and I do think they have a good shot of getting that third overall spot in the conference. But we'll have to see how things play out. And then the Kaiser Seahawks, they just keep doing Kaiser Seahawks things. Another shutout. They're like their men's team. I think they are – this is the best soccer program in the country, with, without a doubt, the way the men's and the women's are run. Maha Hendrickson puts two behind the fire defense. They improve to 14-0-1 on the year. It's, it's ridiculous at this point. Uh, but they were not the team of the week, and they were not the best team in the country this week. That title undoubtedly belongs to the Scad Bees, who win 4 nothing. 9-0, and then this weekend they take on a good St. Thomas team. I alluded to it earlier in the episode. This could very well be a letdown spot. Be careful. You just be the you just play one of the best soccer games you'll ever play. You, it's rare you can repeat that back-to-back -back game, especially on a quick turnaround. You're looking ahead to number 10 Southeastern and number one Kaiser coming up. Watch out. This team's just outside the top 25, and Bam! NS Summer goes out there and scores four more goals, along with Lane Liverman and Mia Gomez to put a cherry on top of the cake. Zoe Goodall also had a pair of saves for the Bees, and it was night-night. They stung the Cats, and 6-0. They said, you're going to beat our men's team 5-0. We'll beat your women's team 6-0. We'll call it a day. All right, and we're going to wrap up with volleyball. Um <laughs> I guess we'll start with Southeastern getting a huge 3-1 win over Florida Memorial. The, Saint, the Southeastern team has really turned it up of late, getting some very impressive wins against Ave Maria and now Florida Memorial. This one pretty well handled in only five sets, excuse me, four sets. Holly Kazmierk did awesome in defense for the fire with 23 digs. Allie Postlethwaite had 22 assists. For, for the fire, Bailey Warnicke led the way with four blocks, and Emily Harding, Amelia Harding led the way with 13 kills. Really impressive overall from the fire as they're starting to have a strong foothold into being a team who could wreak some havoc here down the stretch in the Sun Conference. They really they start playing their best volleyball when they've absolutely needed to do it. Uh, I guess we'll start with St. Thomas on Saturday, and then we'll finish with St. Thomas on Sunday. Uh, they faced a team with a lot of momentum, Coastal Georgia, after having an incredible comeback, three down 2-0, coming back to beat Weber in midweek, 3-2 in sets. Uh, St. Thomas was not going to have any of that. They dominated this one 25-18, 25-11, 25-15. They're one of the hottest teams in the country they are playing amazing volleyball i got to see it live sunday we'll get into that in just a cat in just a second alexander mccaskill led the way with nine kills uh, amanda allende also had nine bianca grazie and amanda allende and maya thomas had two aces each taylor barnes led the way with three blocks isadora tavares led the way with 18 assists and bianca grazie had 15 digs for the Bobcats as they broke out the brooms against Coastal Georgia. And now, uh, Weber once again had a 2-0 set lead. Better competition overall this time around. 
Kaiser Seahawks. So, like I say, it wasn't overwhelmingly surprising when what happened happened. Weber wins the first two sets, 20-25, 22-25. Kaiser would go on to win the next two very in very close fashion, 25-22 and 26-24, and then dominate the fifth set, completing the comeback, deja vu all over again for the Warriors as they have started, they have dropped out of the conference tournament picture. It's looked like they're going to need a miraculous run here down the stretch, and I'll be honest, I'm not extraordinarily confident in that happening. Brooklyn Slater led the way for the Seahawks in kills and assists with 16-4. and four. She also had a block along with Hannah Lynch. Hannah Heidi had an incredible day. She got her sixth Sun Conference Setter of the Week title, and for good reason. She had 48 assists, and Isabella Klassen led the way in defense with 14 digs. Brooklyn Slater had an incredible game all around. She was right behind in digs with 13 along with Erica Magin. Um This is tough for Weber. This was if they win this game all is forgiven about Coastal Georgia. You just got a huge conference win against a really good opponent and it's very disappointing and it was even more disappointing Sunday live in Babson Park when they took on the St. Thomas Bobcats and got swept right out the door um, at no point was I, I don't think it was necessarily close in the third set I think it got uh, 18 to 18 and that was about the closest Weber came to winning a set they showed some good fight in the first set but after that it was fairly down downhill from there uh, you know this was a Weber team that I thought had a legitimate shot at making the not only making the conference tournament but winning it I, I think if they can make the tournament, it'd be, it, it'll be considered a win um, heading down the stretch. Amanda Allende, again, led the way in kills with 11. Alexand- Alexandra McCaskill and Maya Thomas had a pair of aces. Sana Denise had uh, two, excuse me, uh, yeah, two, two blocks. Isidore Tavares had 19 assists. And Amanda Allende had nine digs leading the way for the Bobcats. They are the best team in the Sun Conference. They are going to win the regular season, and I believe they will most likely win the conference tournament that's coming up very soon. Josh, I'm exhausted. Uh, Likewise. Yeah, I'm exhausted. I think this is a solid episode. We're, I don't know, it's around an hour. So, you got anything you want to add on? Go Warriors. Go Warriors. That's a great way to end it. Okay, beautiful people of the Sun Conference. Love y'all, and good night.